The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Welcome to a brand new episode of That's Odd. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Townsend. I'm joined by the stunning, the gorgeous Christopher Chavez. It's me again. It's me. <laughs> uh, Chris, are you going to do the same jokes as last time? I am. <laughs> I am not. Um isn't that the worst, dude? When we we go through something and realize we have to re-record, and and when you have gold yeah. too, like there's some stuff in there where you're really, it's like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, I you can't do had, it again. That was that was the best we've ever done for an intro, and it can never be re- recreated. It's gone now to the wind. No one, just so the audience it. knows, uh, Chris forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's a complete Johnny move right there. I'll tell you what, the yeah. curse almost had its way today. That was that was close. <laughs> Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, Chris, it's yes. not just me and you today. I don't know if I told you this, but I brought somebody with me. You did. And I feel like it has to do with the topic for our show today. Maybe. I don't know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> our guest today is Matt Johnson. Sup? <laughs> Coming in with the energy. <laughs> He's no, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. I have, uh, you know, I appreciate the offer to come on the show. I've, uh, you know, heard stories, legends of uh, how good this podcast is. Listened to it a couple times, and uh, I've been actually waiting seemingly forever to co- to make a guest appearance. So I appreciate you guys bringing me on for today's episode. It's funny because, uh, okay, so Matt Johnson, if, if you guys don't know who he is, he's a, a podcaster on our network as well. Uh, his shows are Two Point Conversation, uh, the, uh, uh, was it, Section, Section 6 WrestleCast, panel yeah, discussion. Yeah, five times fast. <laughs> pa- uh, pa- <laughs> panel discussion, and I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, you and Johnny are doing Retro, Retro Pop, Pop now. After Pop and Hardly Kayfabe. Yeah. And yeah, we do Hardly Kayfabe, a professional wrestling podcast, uh, which is why you're on today to, to help out with the topic. And it's kind of like also because you have a little bit of expertise in this. You yourself at, at one point in your uh, colorful and varied past, uh, you were a, a professional wrestler yourself. Yeah, I was for uh, you know a brief, yeah, brief period of time, five, five, six years. I'm still around it today as a uh, as a commentator. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride. It's, it's cool that I get to have this perspective and I hope it really adds to the show. You know, it's been fun talking with you guys and Harley kayfabe, giving you an inside the business look at stuff. And I think maybe my perspective will help with this one as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, the reason we have you on is I, I wanted to bring you on this show or even history creeps, we may have you on in the future as well. Is because recently we had gone to an event, uh, maybe four or five months ago, where we were sitting around talking about weird paranormal stuff, and I learned yeah. that you had a uh, a deep interest in this. You like the creepy, paranormal, weird kind of this stuff. 
I do. Um, I used to stay up long nights just reading up on a cryptozoology. Oh yeah, uh, quite a oh, yeah. bit. Um, which you know I, I find absolutely fascinating. Especially who's your, who's of, your fa- what's your favorite night. cryptid? What's your favorite cryptid? Um, it's probably the. I don't remember exactly what they were described uh, as, but it was the it was an incident, the Hopkinsville uh, oh, goblins incident, goblins yeah. incident um, which is probably one of my favorite ones. There's so many other ones uh, that go with it. Like I said, just long hours staying up reading upon this stuff. Uh, Mothman's another interesting one for myself, uh, but I've always been fascinated with the paranormal, ghost hunting. Used to stay up long nights watching ghost hunters. Uh, and sci-fi with my mom. That was a special connection we had. Oh, yeah. Um, and I actually went ghost hunting a few times myself, which was go. an absolute treat. Caught some wild stuff, um, but I've always been a firm believer in it, in, in the paranormal and all, and all that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, I would love to make a you know guest appearance at the History Creeps. Uh, you know, that would be great. I have tons of ideas. There's so much we can really go into, um, at, at least in, in my expertise. But, yeah, I, I do enjoy the paranormal quite a bit. Impressive. That's why we had you, because uh, of that. And uh, you paid me in compliments, and that's all it takes <laughs> for me. If you're just flatter me, you're on the show. <laughs> yeah, literally all it much. takes. Let that me ask you something. Quite fragile. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something, Matt. Uh, before we get into our topic today, have you ever in your life had any experiences aside from like the ghost hunting thing? Have you had any personal experiences in which maybe you saw a creature you, uh, that may have uh, resembled a cryptid? Have you seen UFOs? Have you seen ghosts or had any experiences in that regard? You know, aside from looking for it, like I said, I did have one instance ghost hunting where I did, but you know, just kind of, you know, casually, I no, I mean, not, not, not really. I've heard like, you know, random sounds and stuff around the house that could be attributed to many things. Yeah. Um, but I do remember, you know, growing, you know, growing up one time, uh, just my, I used to live in the attic and, and I just kept hearing like this tugging sound on, uh, on the curtain and, you know, I looked and it was there was nothing there. Went to lay down, like this tugging, like repeated tugging on this curtain. Um, you know, and and I just kind of yelled, you know, hey, stop! And and it stopped. Like it was the weirdest thing. Oh, uh, it was. Yeah, I was. Oh man, how old was I? I was probably nine, ten. That's 11. creepy. I was, I was. I was young, and you know what? There's there's probably been so many other incidents in my life that I overlooked as you know paranormal um but yeah do, do you mind if i share my ghost hunting story no go ahead Please dude do. definitely okay okay so was, actually there's a connection to it because it was when i was pro wrestling training when i first started in about 2010 and myself my trainer and uh, one of the fellow trainees who lived up in rochester had a friend who uh comp- you know said that their apartment was haunted it was in webster new york and we went there i brought a video camera and, you know, we just hung out. We were trying to get it to, you know, trying to provoke this thing to get it to do something. And it took a while. It took a while to get going. We'd walk around. We'd try to talk to it. Um, you know, the first thing that we noticed was the shower curtain kept opening and closing. Uh, we'd, we'd reset it, and it would open up. And then we'd leave the room and come back, and it was something different. Uh, but the biggest thing that startled us was not once, but twice, uh, whatever was in this house turned on the, uh, the stovetop. Oh, twice. The first time we were like, okay, 
this is getting creepy. Like we, you know, we walked out. There's this back hallway. We were, we were searching for stuff, trying to get things to distracted us with uh, shower, the shower curtain. Mm-hmm. And we came back and the stove top was set to like, like three just on. But the light, the light was on. So you knew something was there. Uh, we How many people out. were you with? Uh, it was myself and two others. They, the This friend of my friend gave us the apartments, gave us a couple hours to do what we had to do. And, and yeah, that was that. And but, you, um, and you trust them both. Like, you know, for sure they wouldn't have been messing with you. Oh yeah. No, we were together. We, oh, we were okay. Together oh, and, wow. And, and yeah. Like a hundred percent. We were, you know, the, those, the friend of the friend, they were completely out of the house. We had it to ourselves and the, my two friends, we were with each other. So we, we officially knew I, there's a videotape somewhere. I got to find it. Oh, mini, mini DV tape. Um, but the last time we came out, um, Oh, it was wild. Yeah, we heard a big bang sound. Walked out back to the kitchen slash living room area. It, was it wasn't a very large apartment. And the stovetop was was red hot. It was at, it was set to eight. And we smelled we smelled it and it, it lit up so quick. Um you know, I, I get the chills thinking about it. That's you know, crazy. To this day. And I, I would love to, you know, an opportunity to get to do that again. Uh, something like that it was a very surreal moment because you see this stuff on TV, yeah, and you want you want to believe, right? You want to believe. You see these videos on YouTube and and this and that. You want to believe, uh, but you you can't truly until you experience it firsthand. And there's just like terror. It's you know as soon as we walked back and seen that thing turned all the way up and the the stove that's little stove top red hot. Uh, everybody dipped out. They all, <laughs> yeah, they all no ran right out of the apartment, and it was it was super surreal. Um. So, but, but that's something I'd like to do again. Like there was a period of time where I used to go to like cemeteries and stuff and go ghost hunting like late at night. Uh, they don't allow that anymore because, uh, you know, but while people like me, it was funny cause I was doing it and then people got caught ghost hunting and you see their yeah. the police reports. I never <laughs> got caught luckily, but well, but it, yeah, it's funny you say that cause, uh, you know, we have the iron Island museum here, which is considered one of the most, most haunted places in America. Not the most, but one of the most, uh, it's been on all the ghost hunting shows and I want to do a thing where, uh, we're going to have a contest and have one of our creepers. That's our listeners that listen to the show. Uh, creepers will be able to go ghost hunting with us. Uh, if they live out of town, they just have to figure out how to get here. Uh, we'll make yeah. sure that their, you know, that their, their lodging is paid for and we're going to get them a ticket to the to the museum and to we'll pay for their their way to do the ghost hunting with us uh but we're going to be doing that so if you're interested in doing it when we do it you're more than welcome to come along i would love to you know because i mean i'm big into photography now too if i can capture something on uh you know on can you imagine an image that would be that would be like a that's like always been a goal of mine to kind of catch a figure or something yeah you know and i think that would be a great opportunity uh so yeah, I would appreciate that very much. Thank Heck you. yeah. Heck yeah, dude. I'll let you know when that happens. Thank you. So uh for this episode of that's oh no, wait a minute, Chris. You got a now that's odd, don't you? Uh no. What I did was I pulled a Carter. So if you listen to the history creeps episode of Carter, you'll know that <laughs> uh his current creeps that he grabbed he realized was about a year old and yeah, mine was a couple of years old. So I'm not gonna talk about that. We're gonna move on. All right, well just pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> and let's get right onto the show then. Uh, this episode, the reason that we wanted to have Matt on too is because we all three do a show called Hardly Kayfabe. It's a pro wrestling show. So if you enjoy pro wrestling, go listen to that, please. Uh, but this is kind of related to that since we're technically talking about a wrestler and the fate that he suffered, mm-hmm. uh, it, to this day, it's 
I say it's solved, but you know it's technically unsolved, right? Because no, because nobody quote unquote, quote unquote unsolved. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, it's the story of what happened to Bruiser Brody. Uh, for those who don't know who Bruiser Brody was, we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit. We're not going to get too heavy into that. Yeah, I will say if you get interested into uh, these type of things and you want like a huge biography of somebody, uh, go listen to a show called Ten Bell Pod. Oh yes. It's a really great show. I really recommend it. And they dive into uh, Bruiser Brody was one of their episodes. Uh, so if you want to learn more about his life, uh, please go check them out and check that out. Phenomenal, really phenomenal it. show. I that I can't recommend that show enough. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, definitely this should be a show you listen to. Those guys are great. Yes, for sure. Uh, so Bruiser Brody, his real name was Frank Goodish. Uh, he was this. This was his build. So this could be faked because wrestling. I don't know if you guys know this. Um, it's, it's not always real. Uh, his build height was 6'8". His build weight was 300 pounds. He was a big man. Yeah. He was a big man, really was, but I don't know if that was his real measurement. Yeah, he's one of these guys that in real life you feel like he could he could pull a tree out of the ground. Yeah, if yeah. you saw pictures, just look up pictures. Yeah, of he looks Google like he looks like. Guy. Uh, what was his name from? What was the guy's name back in the day? The TV show, the guy, the the woodsman guy. Oh man, I can't think of it right now. Alf. <laughs> <laughs> no, he kind of looked like a lumberjack, and he and he wore he had a big beard. He was in the seventies. Oh, the guy from the guy from the uh, the paper towels. Yeah. Oh, sure, Brawny. But no, no, no. Brawny it's a TV <laughs> show. When I remember it, I'll, I'll bring it up. I can't think of it right now. I know. Oh, what, yeah. William Regal. That's who you're thinking of. <laughs> he was a man's man. Uh, so, Matt, I was going to ask you, Matt. Uh, when it comes to wrestling, what was your was your build of height and weight real? It was a little. It, it was, was a little first. little, you know, kayfabe. A little bit, uh, just a tad. I mean, my height, my height was, you know, I'm pretty. I'm like six four on a good day, so that was, you know, that was good enough for, for billing. Um, weight wise, it always kind of jumped around, and you know, seem a little bit bigger than uh, than you actually are. That that's kind of what they did, but um, but yeah, I mean, that was a common thing back in the day. Nobody could, you can't really tell at first glance for for a lot of people, so that it worked. Uh, Right. It, it it worked in that sense. Especially when yeah. they were bigger because it was like most when people are average height and you see someone bigger, it's hard to gauge where you think they are, you know what I mean? So when you have these guys that are 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 pretty big guys and not just not just uh in stature, you know, not in just in height, but I mean like the like Bruiser Brody is lit, like I said, he'll rip a tree out of the ground. The guy is a stocky, thick. He was a huge guy. He's a freak athlete yes. and uh, the yes. inspiration for a lot of others. Yes. Uh, I know you guys know this, but, you know, pro wrestling training in Rochester, I was around Luke Harper quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, he reminds known me of as, him. As Brody Lee. That was his that his his look, his yep. big bushy beard. That is all inspiration from Bruiser Brody. He yep. used to study him so hard. It, like he absolutely looked up to Bruiser Brody. He gets emotional when he talks about it, too. Um he always did. But, yeah, Bruiser Brody was his absolute idol. Um, so, yeah. Yep. And, just to, and just to give everybody in the audience an idea when it comes to pro wrestling, like uh, like Andre the Giant was a giant man. He was that huge. He was big, but they always build him to be bigger than what he actually was. When they yep. didn't even need to because the dude was huge. Yeah. Uh, big but show, that's what big show is another case, too. Big show is yeah. another yeah, case, definitely. too. By the, by the way, the TV show I was thinking about was Grizzly Adams. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, that's who he. Lo- that's who he reminds me of. Bruzy, Bruzy yeah. Brody looks like a Grizzly Adams type of dude. There you go. Yeah, like if you if you if we you were way at, off. If you see pictures of uh, if you see pictures of Bruzy Brody, you would think yeah, this guy wrestled real grizzly bears. Yeah, you would think in real that, life because he looks like it. Uh, so he was a wrestler from. Uh, he started wrestling in the seventies and through the eighties. Yep. Just to give you an idea of the time period. Uh, you may not be familiar with him if you're a wrestling fan. If you only watched like WWF at the time uh he wasn't really like he wrestled in japan he wrestled in other places uh and another place uh he would wrestle was puerto rico and we'll get to that here soon mm-hmm. um he was very protective of his image uh he was actually known to be someone who would actually really intentionally hit somebody right he sold <laughs> like wrestling with yeah him. He, he was oh. a stiff worker a lot of times and yes. he'd, he'd uh if you go back and watch some of his old matches on on youtube which um, I did immediately. I mean, I don't, I'd known about him and I'd seen a couple of things here and there. But after that Ten Bell Pod episode, I immediately went and, and, and watched a whole bunch of stuff. And the dude was, like Matt said, he's, he was a freak athlete. For his size, uh, to be able to move and do some of the things he did was awesome. But he was known as, like, his, his persona, the gimmick was that he was a dangerous guy and that he could put anyone he was in the ring with in a hospital uh, so You'll see, you can you can find video of him running into a crowd and the crowd disperses oh, yeah. around him. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're completely terrified. And and to sell yeah. it, you know, sometimes he did take liberties in, in making sure some of his shots uh, were stiff. And, and for people who don't know what that means, it just means he made sure he, they connected and that, that it hurt. Yeah, and he did, he, he he made did a great look, job made, of it. Yep. Yeah, he made it look real because it, it was real. <laughs> and that type of deal. It was real to him, damn it. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was his thing, though. That was that time period where those guys wanted to protect, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kayfabe as, be- as best as they could. Um, and he was probably one of the best at it. Uh, yeah, he was just... I just some of the stories. I mean, we there's so many stories. You know, me and Johnny and, and Chris were talking a little bit beforehand um, about an incident with uh, Lex Luger. Because <laughs> you couldn't make him do anything that he didn't want to do, right? Um, and he would not like react to any Lex Luger's moves. Punch no. and Lex just got up and out of the ring and left because there's so many <laughs> yeah. rumors to that story that he found Lex disrespectful. Yeah, in uh, so many, you know. It, and much more. I was actually I was watching something, and they were everybody was afraid when Vince McMahon launched the very first WrestleMania, and a rumored thing that was supposed to happen was whoever, whichever promoter he was working for at the time, whatever promoter that Bruiser Brody was working for at the time, was going to send in Bruiser Brody to sabotage WrestleMania. Oh. I did not I know found that. that. Particularly interesting. Go in the locker room and just completely sabotage it. Um, the you know find his way in that way. That was a, that was a legit rumor going around. That's how off the handle he could go. Um, he could be when it came to the pro wrestling business. Now I guess at home he was a sweetheart, according to his wife and kids. But when yes. it came to <laughs> when it came to pro wrestling, he was he was an absolute loose cannon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and we're getting to 1988. And about this time, Bruiser Brody is thinking that uh, he wants to not only be in wrestling, he wants to kind of have a part of it, and he wants to maybe uh, become like a part-time owner or something in some Part of a promoter, places. yeah. Yeah, uh, and this is where we're going to get to Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico at that time, I don't know if it is now, Matt. You might have to school me on that. Uh, a lot of wrestlers would go there and wrestle in Puerto Rico. Uh, 
It was uh, they loved wrestling down there. It was pretty much a hotbed for wrestling, sort of like. Uh, I don't think it was on the level of Mexico, but it was still pretty big there. Yeah, it was. It was Mexico. It was. Let's say, Mex Mex Mexico now is what Puerto Rico was back in the eighties. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. I think it's the best way to kind of describe it. Uh, everybody wanted to go there. The money was good. The the, the houses were packed. Uh, you know, the, there was it was a big deal. Everybody wanted to go there. Nowadays, you don't get that as much. Um, right. And I think it's particularly because of this. Yeah. Is is really the big deal? Yes. Why? Yeah. Yeah. This was, and we'll get into the aftermath of everything that happened too. Uh, so on July sixteenth of nineteen eighty eight, uh, Bruzy Brody is actually scheduled to wrestle in Puerto Rico, and that's that's where he's at. Uh, it's, it's, uh, when he gets there to the locker room, and let's also say this, there's a really good documentary on this. I think you can find it on YouTube. I think Viceland put it out. Uh, it's very, very good as well. And they really get into this. Uh, they actually interview some of the people who were there during this time. Uh, so I do recommend that as well. Uh, but, um, when he, Brody arrives in this locker room, he sees Tony Atlas, who's a big part of this story. Yeah. Uh, Tony Atlas is another very famous, well, from us, because we, we love wrestling, a uh, wrestler at this time, too. A huge guy uh, who was also there during this time. He was booked on the same show with, with Brody. Uh, but as soon as Brody re- uh, ends up in the locker room, uh, a fellow, uh, another wrestler and a booker by the name of Jose Gonzalez, this name is very important mm-hmm. to this story, uh Ask him to, to uh, so it goes up to him and says, "Hey, Brody, can we can we talk?" And these t- and these two had had a history, right? Like I think that there yes. was something going on where uh, he well, he wanted he owed well, Brody Bruiser wanted to money, buy the right? Place. Didn't he owe Bruiser money yeah. or vice versa? Bruiser owed him. No, think, he owed Bruiser money. Well, Brody wanted to buy this, have a, a piece of this uh, company, right? He wanted to have a stake in it, and uh, Gonzalez was very protective of it. Uh, so that's kind of a part of it too. They have a history. Then they, I don't think they actually even liked each other either. Like there was actual real right. Uh, I th- like they really didn't get along. I feel like with. I feel like I heard on the Ten Bell Pod that there was a it was a money thing was why they had are they already had heat with each other that they he had owed yeah. money to Brody for a show or something and he hadn't paid. So uh, you know when when he's walking into that shower. Yeah, the idea is when he says he wants to discuss business, Brody's assuming, all right, we're going to settle this thing now that the, that you owe me money. What what this is going to yeah. be? Yeah. So the reason that uh, Chris had showers because that's where they went to to have their private discussion. Yeah. Because this is all happening in the locker room, and uh, Matt, you can speak on this. A wrestling locker room, it's not just one person in there. It's all the wrestlers are in there getting ready. All the wrestlers, and, and nine times out of ten, it's a very it's a very tight space. Uh, it, it really depends on what the location is. I wrestled in, mm-hmm. you know, in, in schools and fire halls where where the locker room is obviously kind of kind of big. Yeah. Um, but then when I did extra work for WWE, they legit shoved four of us into a uh, into a small closet. Yeah. Now in, that was our that wild. The the bigger company has the smaller space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, yeah, pay your dues, kid. Yeah, that sort of thing. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Back in those days, though, during this time, uh, there was actually there would normally be two locker rooms. You'd have the heel locker room and the face locker rooms because right. a lot of times they were not allowed to interact. The idea was is you wanted to make Very sure, K-fabe. yeah, you wanted to make sure people in public never saw that. You wanted to sell the storyline. I remember uh, a story that ricky the dragon steamboat talks about and he says like it was one night after he and rick flair had a match somewhere down south and they were both you know in separate cars driving to the next spot and uh steamboat 
pull, pulls into a, a gas station, goes in, and it's it, you know he's going and kind of grabs a magazine and is looking at like maybe uh, uh, some of the something candy or something on the on the shelves. All of a sudden, from behind him, someone whips him around and slaps him across the face as hard as they can. Realizes it's Rick, and Rick screams in his face that he if he ever sees him in public again, he will kill him in front of everyone. And then he just walks out, and everyone there is like wide eyed, like holy crap, did that really just happen? Uh, but they went that far, so far that yes. you know, just in case someone snuck backstage, there has to be two locker rooms. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Arn Anderson tells this great story. He was always he's almost always a heel, uh, but at one point when he's really getting started into wrestling, and he was a heel, he was actually uh, a lot of re- this is during the territory days, and that's when uh, you know wrestling was part of different areas. And he uh, when he was in this one territory. He actually had an, uh, him and another wrestler were roommates. They actually rented the same place to make it cheaper for oh, him. Oh yeah, but but the other wrestler was a was a babyface, a, a good guy. Uh, so they had to. They never could leave together or, or be seen together. <laughs> so it was very difficult for them. Yeah, because he said that they could legit get fired for it. Yeah, yeah, and that's how that seriously ha- took that, it. That happened before the first people to actually get in trouble. Well, the first big name people to ever get in trouble for it were uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Iron Cheek. Yeah, the, yeah, that's feud. right. Yeah, they got pulled over. Yep. Yeah, right. They were in the same <laughs> yes. car together, and they were in the middle of an intense feud. And because of that bu- happened, they got fired. Yep. <laughs> they got busted yes. doing coke in hey, the oh. car or something like that, right? Yeah. It's coke or smoking weed or something like that. But yeah, it's what, funny what because job. it's funny because when you see these guys, and then they have the personal lives with each other, um, there's a whole lot that the, the world of wrestling backstage is not like regular society there's so much that's that's just you know moving parts that affect how people treat each other who's friends how they act uh who owes who money um you know what i mean there's a lot of politics involved it's not always the best environment for people uh, but this is always happening. So, 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 what we're going to talk about tonight is not—it's not a complete surprise uh, because things like this have happened in the past before. But it is—it's—it's it's still kind of like it's—I don't know—it's a way for me to let people know that you know this is its own kind of world, right? I always liken the world of wrestling almost to like the mafia. Because it's it's they have their own thing. They have you know you don't talk about some of the secrets. Um, there's yeah, a speci- there's a specific yeah. code that you live by. There's a specific you know what I mean. And if you step out of that code, then you're you're kind of looked at as as an outsider. Um, yeah, especially from the '80s and before that, oh, especially during the for time. sure. So you know, and then so even in '88, man, even then there's still that remnants. I mean, Bruiser had been around for a while now, so he's still part of the old school guys in '88, right? Uh, and even Jose Huertas, he's been around. Uh, Gonzalez was around for for a while as well. So these guys had known each other for a while. Um, and so when this had when Brody when Brody's called in, listen, come talk to me. I have, we need to discuss things. We need to settle some things. I don't think he realized what was coming. I, I really think he felt like we, we're either. about to do this the old school way and settle things. You don't smack yeah, each other around back there or, yeah. or you're uh, finally going to settle the business and give me my money. Yeah. Uh, Brody was also pretty well known at this time. Just anybody who loved wrestling kind of knew who he was. Uh, so uh, it wasn't like he was, he was a nobody. He right. was a name. Right. He was huge. Uh, yeah. So they, so uh, he asked Brody to come by, you know, and have, and talk with him in private. So they kind of go into the showers because that area was kind of off from where the wrestlers were changing at. Uh, and that's when they kind of got into an argument for what people say. Yeah, people voices uh, started getting loud. Yeah, they were having a heated discussion. Um, 
due to the design of the how the dressing room, uh, nobody actually s- physically saw this. Uh, they were technically in private. You could just hear them, but you couldn't see them. They heard a scuffle as well. All of a sudden, there was like yes. commotion. Like you could tell something physical was happening. And again, so, yeah. and again, Matt, tell me if I'm wrong or not. But again, you know, this isn't out of the norm. Sometimes in a locker room with two guys that have had heat and that just need to let that 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 all that bad blood out, right? Yeah, it, it, it happens, you know, quite, quite often. They go somewhere private and speak about it. I mean, it's not a very uncommon thing. There's always at least two people in every locker room that do not like each other. Right. It's, it's very it's very common. It's, and sometimes it comes um, to fisticuffs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. very very rarely in front of people. Right. Um, I think it was more socially acceptable back in this time. Yeah. Uh, the man's man kind of thing, but um, it does happen every now and then. It it yeah, it still does, but not as not as much as it did back in in Bruiser Brody's time. Yeah, so it's about this time after they hear the scuffle, they hear a scream, uh, and Tony Atlas runs into the shower. And he sees Brody, and he's sitting there, and Brody's holding his stomach. Like, he could tell something had happened. Mm-hmm. He's all hunched Atlas, over. Yeah, and then Tony Atlas looked up, and he said he saw Gonzalez, and he saw him holding a knife. That's Tony Atlas's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Brody's been stabbed. This is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, they're in Puerto Rico, too. This is also important. Uh, this wrestling show was going to be huge. Uh, it was crowded. The traffic was pretty heavy. Because of the show, and remember, the show hadn't started. People were still coming to the show. Uh, so due to the heavy traffic outdoors, and such a large crowd, it took the paramedics, according to some people, over an hour to even get there. So Brody's just laying on the floor, bleeding with this knife wound, just waiting on the paramedics to get there to save his life, and it's and it takes him forever because it's so crowded. I heard that Yeah, allegedly... Oh, go so, ahead. No, go ahead, Matt. No, I mean, one of, the, one of these... I was actually watching the Tony Atlas interview about this today. And, um, you know, somebody, one of the stab wounds pierced his intestine and the other one is liver. Yeah. Um, so that's the liver one actually did the most damage. Uh, and, and yeah, but yeah. One of the things I saw was, uh, allegedly, I don't know if this was, was, was true too, but apparently Brody uh, in real life, Brody, you know, his, his, his gimmick was this dangerous man. But I guess a lot of, of the, what people said was he was a nice guy in real life. Like he was kind of that gentle giant in his personal life. Uh, he took great pride in his kid. And apparently when he was laying there, uh, you know, bleeding to death on the shower room floor, he was clutching a picture of his son, uh, in his hand. I don't know if that's real, but I, I've heard, that, I've heard too. that. Yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. He was actually um, intended to give it to Atlas. I seen in the, uh, I heard in the interview he intended yeah. for Atlas to kind of hold it over. Yeah. Um, and, then, and also yeah. I think Atlas was, uh, like the draw too. And he's actually pretty good. He was. And, and Brody wanted oh, him to draw a picture right. of his son. That's what yeah. it was. Oh Yeah. But, you know, Brody, like we said, is a big guy. Even his real height and weight is he's still a huge guy. Yeah. Uh, so, according to some people, and I think Atlas says this himself, he had to help carry Brody Good God. Uh, to the to the ambulance even because he was just too big for the, the paramedics, paramedics that were there. So, they get him to the hospital. And even this is kind of a chore because uh, it was like almost at first they couldn't get any doctor to look at him in, in time. Like they didn't re- recognize how serious this was right. or they were just so busy or whatever until if you listen to Tony Atlas uh, tell this story, 
he basically makes a doctor go look at Brody. Right. I heard I heard this thing where he live, physically picks him up and bring because they they knew yes. he was a wrestler and so they thought it was just a wrestling injury. They didn't think it was anything serious. And so they weren't paying attention like barely giving these guys attention and I the story I heard was Atlas goes grabs the guy by like both arms, you know, squeezes him, picks him straight up off the ground, walks into the room and drops him right in front of Bruiser's bed and just yeah. says, "Help my friend." Which I can believe cuz Tony's a he's a huge man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big fella. So he could do it for sure. Uh so of course, sadly, uh you know, uh Bruiser does not survive this. Yeah. He does end up passing away. He dies from this. Uh, the doctors were unable to save his life. So Tony Atlas uh, saw Gonzalez with a knife. Uh Bruiser yes. was stabbed in the stomach. Case closed. So sh- Gonzalez goes case, to right? jail, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what you would think, right? That's how it works. Ain't that how it's supposed to work, Matt? Yeah, naturally. Uh, that's how it yeah. goes. Yep. <laughs> but if the glove doesn't that's, fit... You must acquit, and that's what happens here. Good Lord. Uh, so, Gonzalez claims it was self-defense. Uh, I think it's important to note here that Gonzalez was a, was also a fairly known wrestler during uh, in Puerto Rico. Yeah, huge. Uh, he was a big And he had name, a lot yeah. of... Yeah, and he had a lot of uh, friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where, uh, when Tony Atlas actually came back to the show, uh, one of the other wrestlers told him he should probably leave and watch his watch his back and be careful. Yeah, 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 uh, because they didn't know what was going to happen. And I feel, and I think Tony Atlas. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say I think Tony Atlas even went and and like slept on the beach that night just to be safe yeah i feel like isn't the story that the next day uh or the, or the day or day after that to um all the american wrestlers that were in the country flew off they left because it was dangerous at that time that you know everybody was afraid that they were going to retaliate uh for bruise uh for brody's death so you know they were going to kind of strike first so that they so the 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 warning was they had better leave and they did uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm remembering that right, but I'm almost positive that was the story. They did leave. Um, I mean, probably just scared for their own lives yeah. as well. You know, going back to the, the, the friend thing, uh, Puerto Ricans are, man, they're a tight-knit group. And yeah. t- Puerto Rican wrestlers stick together just as much as the you know the regular civilians do. So, I yeah, I, I would leave in a heartbeat. You know, that's that's it's so unfortunate that it happened that way. Um so yeah, they. Yeah, they I also think it's. Yeah, I think it's also important to note here that um, uh, Tony Atlas and Dutch Mattel, who was another wrestler, uh, said that uh, when uh, Brody and Gonzalez actually wrestled before, uh, this is when Brody actually was pretty rough with Gonzalez, mm-hmm. and you know I kind of mentioned earlier that uh, he'd be a little snug uh, <laughs> or he would be a little stiff with his stuff. Just a little. And Gonzalez and Gonzalez felt he went overboard and vowed that he would kill him one day. Yeah. That, yeah, there so, is a story that he 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 uh he beat him up uh he gave him a good working over in the ring and Gonzalez didn't appreciate it. Um so And then there was also that thing that during the trial uh none of the actual witnesses Right. Ever showed up to 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 give their statements, and they said it was because, because they were never told when the when the actual was happening. Because yeah. they would have to fly from little, America to the to Puerto Rico, and yeah. they were never told. It was a little when suspect. It was. Well, yeah. it was sent to them, but it ga- it came late. That's what right. happened um, after it ended. After the trial ended. Yeah, they. Yeah. So in other words, this Gonzalez guy gets off scot free. He's acquitted. He never spends a day in jail for this, which is not the first uh, time it's happened in this world, but. Um, 
it just feels like a plain as day thing when you like the, the not you know i don't know yeah it's and there's a lot of uh a lot of people who say that uh gonzalez still kind of got punished in a way because he can't really leave puerto rico ever that's yeah. true too yeah uh, yeah, because a lot of people want to see him harmed, or more than that. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. If he ever sure. leaves there, and I don't think somebody even told him that if he left, that he would they would kill him. So, uh, he, uh, but also that doesn't make him any better because I've also heard stories that he's told other wrestlers that they better you know stay in line because they you know look what he did to Brody. If you get oh god, if he's really using he's in, that, that's horrible. Yeah, he's a piece of garbage. So yeah, he's still he's still alive to this day too, though. And you know, sadly and unfortunately, he's got a Facebook page. Oh man, I'll tell you what. If you're a yeah. listener that came over from our other podcast, Harley Kayfabe, you'll know what our topic was there. I would like to submit Gonzalez as one of those wrestlers to remove from wrestling history. Yep. Oh, yep. Yep. Let's get rid of him. So uh, yeah. that's crazy. So technically, dude. so technically, to this day, nobody's ever been punished for murdering Bruiser Brody. He's never saw justice in that case. Uh, and for me, I mean, it's sad for us as wrestling fans, but it, you know, I couldn't imagine what his wife and son how they how yeah. they felt over that. I wonder if if they get it or, or his son gets any kind of grief about it. That would be horrible. I wouldn't wish that upon the kid. It's not his fault. Uh, but geez, yeah, I wouldn't think so. Uh, man, that's just so. There's tough. a little bit uh, of karma though for Gonzalez. Here's a little bit of karma tidbit for you. August eleventh, two thousand fourteen, a fire destroyed his home car motorcycle uh, or d- destroyed his car motorcycle and part of his house didn't do enough <laughs> that's all i could say yeah. karma but yeah didn't do enough well, there's there's yeah. still some time he's still around yeah that's true but uh yeah it's a sad thing dude um and because you know and you hate to see that anytime anytime there's any kind of uh, any person who who's got you know now he was on on the tail end of his career, but Bruce, like you said, uh, Johnny Brody was still known at that time. He's still a big name. You don't yeah, he was a name. You don't want to yeah. go out like that. You know, you really don't. You want to see the guy maybe you know do a few more matches, a couple more years of doing it, and then kind of get in like like what he wanted to do, get into the promotions. It's just sad that he he ended up going out to Puerto Rico. Imagine if he had it and he decided he was going to try something and maybe in Crockett's territory or or, or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's so many what ifs with this. It's just sad, uh, and honestly, it just makes me angry. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, it was open and shut case who did it, and, and you know, it's, it's so frustrating. Like I said, we see uh, it a but, lot. Now. But to be fair, yeah, that's what I was about to say. But to be fair, that's happened in America plenty of times too. It's true. So, yeah. but I, I, I'd urge anybody who has any kind of interest in this. You don't have to be a hardcore wrestling fan at all. Really, you don't have to be. Uh, but if you ever had a passing interest in wrestling, if you remember watching it as a kid, uh, pull up YouTube and check out some of Brody's work. If you want a good laugh, watch the pull up uh, Bruiser Brody Lex Luger cage match and watch him just completely mid match, just get annoyed with Lex Luger and just decide he's not going to sell anymore. Uh, yes. So much so that Luger has to talk to the ref and figure out what are we going to do, and they come up with a new storyline in which he gets disqualified. It's it's amazing. It, to me, it's it's just uh, a classic part of like history, legend, and lore. It's just so amazing, and I yeah. love the fact that we actually have the footage of that. Matt, I wanted to ask you real quick during your wrestling career. You know, in wrestling, just so those who don't know, it takes both guys to put on a wrestling show. They both have to be working with each other very well and taking care of each other and making it look amazing 
and doing it right and all this stuff. Yep. Have you ever had to wrestle? You don't have to name names, but have you ever had to wrestle somebody and they just did not want to do anything and just didn't want to work? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I have never seen that personally because I think a lot of the wrestlers at the level I competed at were bigger fans um, than businessmen, uh, and that's a shot. Uh, you know, it's but there were people who like took liberties. You know, oh, yeah. there, there, there were people if, you know, they were given 15 minutes to wrestle and the the crowd wasn't feeling it or they just didn't care. They just call They'd finish a match early. Um, they sometimes they'd shoot pin each other um, and all that. So, uh, you know, there's always there's always something. There's always some kind of drama. No show, you know, flies off with, you know, without a without an issue. But um Nothing to the magnitude that Bruiser Brody did. Uh, I, I can I can guarantee that. Um, I can guarantee that. Nobody has nobody has the balls at the independent level to do what Bruiser Brody did. Nobody. And if you want to see the complete opposite end of that of somebody who's overselling on purpose, uh, look up Hulk Hogan wrestling uh, Shawn Michaels and have a good time. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Oh. Have you ever seen that, Matt? <laughs> oh, yes, I have. I've replayed many a <laughs> That's time. a classic as well. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, guys. So much. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Matt. We, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us here on That's Odd in the Creeper Clubhouse. Uh, Johnny, you have anything else you got before we head out of here? Just one thing. Matt, uh, where can people find you and reach you? Um. Well, I'm not giving away my address, but oh, uh, <laughs> um, that was just, you just tell me that later. Oh, fine. But um, yeah, the, you know, I was kind of alluded to. I do have many, many podcasts. Um, a little bit overwhelmed with it, uh, but it, you know, having fun. Two point conversation is probably one of my main ones. Uh, it's pro casual pro football Thursday all year long. Uh, you can find it on the network bicbp-radio.com website. Uh, as well as Spotify and pretty much any other podcasting apps. I also host co-host uh, the panel discussion, comic book talk with uh, my buddy Greg Knowlton, a uh, fellow pro wrestler as well. Uh, Section 6 WrestleCast, which covers all of Western New York high school wrestling and some college. And let's see, Harley Kayfabe, obviously with these two fine gentlemen. And Retropop, we just started that one, uh, me and Johnny, a couple weeks ago. Uh, nice bi-weekly really just anything anything that was popular in pop culture yeah we we yeah we dive into the history on that just real quick so if you're a fan of this show uh maybe give that one a shot retro pop it's me and matt uh we talk about all kinds of things the first two episodes just to give an example the first episode was all about nintendo and the yeah. second uh, episode was all about napoleon bonaparte so <laughs> uh we're going to be covering all t- kinds of topics in pop culture so if you like history and you like pop culture uh, give us a shot absolutely and then lastly um i've you know, over the last almost year now, I've had the pleasure of uh, being a part of the Bills Wire team, which covers Buffalo Bills, you know, through USA Today, uh, which is really cool. You know, I was glad, it was kind of a cool moment uh, grinding at podcasting to get me that opportunity. I write articles for them and I do weekly podcasts during the, you know, the middle of the season. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm busy. I got something going on all the time. Uh, but the, yeah, there's plenty of places to uh, to listen to me if you can put up my with my voice. That's right. <laughs> and we and we could. So thankfully uh, for me, Johnny, before I go out with October right around the corner, I'm going to start putting out little jokes, little family friendly jokes. 
All right. Oh, okay. These are the these are the best. Ones. I got to tell you, I'm a sucker. So no Aristocats is what you're telling me. <laughs> That's for Patreon. Uh, the creepy version of Aristocrats. Uh, so uh, I'm a huge fan of dad jokes, of bad puns. I use I would I'm the kind of guy that sees those 101 jokes at like the grocery store counter. And I want the book because I know the jokes are going to be horrible. But some of them are great. Uh, so I'm going to start posting on facebook a joke a, a halloween joke a day but we're going to end my spot on this episode in the clubhouse with this one you ready more than ever what do you call wood when it's scared i don't know what petrified uh thanks for joining us and that's on <laughs> uh we appreciate everybody listening uh, stay tuned uh, I'm I'm just gonna leave Chris here in the dark with this joke, but see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>